Hi, welcome to How to Be a Humane Leader Without Losing Your Job. In this podcast, we dive into compassionate leadership in today's fast-paced business environment. With our experience and insights, we'll help you lead with heart while securing your career. Join us for engaging conversations and practical advice to elevate your leadership skills and make a real difference. I'm your host, Roberto Torres, a seasoned startup engineering leader, alongside Chris Olerkin, a Fortune 100 IT leader. Today, we're going to discuss what to do when a peer, a boss, or someone from your team does a tantrum to you. Hey, man, how are you? Hey, Roberto, I'm doing good, and uh, we're officially into fall, so the days are days are getting shorter. I didn't know about that, but thank you for the insight. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so uh, even though we treat with adults, sometimes when we speak with, uh, when we talk with another uh, person, which maybe they are mad or maybe really mad, they have done sometimes tantrums. Have you faced this? I have faced it from many directions, <laughs> many directions. I've had bosses that done it. I've had peers. I've probably done it myself a fair number of times because sometimes you get very passionate about something and you don't realize you're getting into tantrum. But I think one of the key things I've recognized is don't dismiss out of hand how the other person is feeling. The tantrum that they're expressing from your perspective, right, seems perhaps significant or out of scale to the to relative to the problem. They're having this huge tantrum. It seems like a small problem to you. But from their perspective, that's an opinion. It's a feeling. It's never per se wrong. Maybe how they're expressing it could be done better. But I always first try to understand the tantrum to say, why Why is this person having what appears to be a tantrum over something that, from my perspective, seems smaller? So do your best to try and first listen and hear what, what are they really, you know, tantrum or ranting, you know, whatever you want to classify as a tantrum, you know, ranting about to understand there might be some legitimacy to it first. So first try and hear it. And of course, don't rant back. You never want to start escalating the yelling back, regardless of the, your relationship with them, because then that only escalates the noise, the yelling, and very little communication takes place when you're screaming at each other. Yes. I would think that uh, at first, when I began being a, a leader, and then a human leader, was to understand why this adult is behaving like a child because yeah, you might expect this from a child but why this uh, adult and it, it is as you mentioned we don't know what's what, what has happened with this person before they might i don't know uh, sh uh, this person might have arrived late at the office they might have a, a big personal uh, problem behind uh, or something like that but something like that but in the end, if we act maybe calmly, if we act as active listening, these people might uh, chill out, you know? Yeah, ab absolutely. I mean, you always do have to be a little bit worried with tantrums. Um, while we haven't had many big stories in the news about 
office violence escalating into to actual physical altercations uh, lately. It hasn't been in the headlines. Uh, it can happen, right? It could be as simple as somebody then starts ranting and having a tantrum and actually physically pushes somebody and they fall and hurt themselves or, or more violently actually strike out. So you do want to try and do what you can to diffuse it, because if you don't start to diffuse, the tantrum usually continues to escalate up, which then increases the odds of it uh, escalating into something worse. So I, I do try to listen and hear what the person is saying, that active listening, and just never kind of discount, discount their feelings. I would never use the phrase, you shouldn't feel like that, Roberto. That's, that's improper. You know, you don't want to say that what they're feeling is wrong because what they're feeling is what they're feeling. What you want to work through with them is to understand why are you feeling that? And is there something we can do to change it? Is there something that we can do to make the problem less? Um, so really kind of until you understand what's triggering the person, um, you know, you, you, you can't start to diffuse it till you understand what it, what it is. And again, like my, I'm going to use myself. I'm a big, loud guy, and sometimes when I get very passionate about things, my voice gets louder and louder, and it may, to some people who uh, would interpret that as perhaps a tantrum, but instead it's because I'm really passionate about we need to fix this, and this is the wrong way to do it, and okay, Chris, calm down, relax, hold on, lower your voice a second. What? Why is this problem so big? Oh, well, it's going to cost us a million dollars. Holy cow. I want to have a tantrum too now. <laughs> so, so you know, as you start to understand that, okay, all right, Chris, thanks for telling me that that this is such an expensive potential mistake. What do you think we should do in the short term and the long term to reduce the risk? As you start to talk solutions, in my experience, then you can start to diffuse the urgency that is causing the tantrum. But if you didn't actively listen to that, how are you ever going to hear what the real problem is that's, you know, exciting the person that is making them get to this kind of tantrum level communication, right? Yes, yes, indeed. And one thing also is what uh, this person's, are, some persons are trying to uh, achieve of you, maybe a, a reaction, a better reaction when they do the tantrum, the, the tantrum, excuse me. The thing is, um, don't get uh, into this uh, game of, of this person. No? Maybe they're trying to make you mad. Maybe they're trying to get a reaction from you that it, it is not good. If you act, as you mentioned, uh, uh, calmly, if you have listening and everything, they won't, uh, they might be a little bit frustrated but they might not stick. There are other people who might stick to the same point and try to do something. And you have to understand, in my opinion, that there, there has to be a limit of, uh, you tell me if I'm wrong or not, it, there has to be a limit of the interaction that we could uh, talk with this, with this person. If, if it happens that Regardless of the actions, regardless of, of the words that we have spoken, this person remains the same. You might say, I think, okay, 
go to this meeting room and chill out or go to a walk and chill out and then maybe return to uh, with me and we could talk maybe they had to let the steam out and they don't know how to do it so if all the actions have been taken and there is no solution uh, maybe this kind of suggestion might might work yeah it, it, i guess you know as always when we're we're talking about some of the situations you know on many of our episodes there's context that it's difficult for us to describe uh, that would be relevant in your decision making you know if this is a person that you've known for five years and has never raised their voice in that entire five years <clears throat> you know you're going to approach it perhaps a little bit differently than uh, the person that they have happened to have a tantrum about once every three to four months and you've known them for five years and they do it constantly your approaches are going to be a bit different in the person who's this is the first time ever I'm probably going to invest more time in diffusing it and probably I would go with them on that walk let's let's go take a walk out in the parking lot around the building in the park whatever you know depending on the what the physical locations are let's you know let's relieve the stress of being in the office environment and let's talk about what the problem is and we can try and come up with some solutions versus if it's the person I've seen have tantrums time and time again at some point, you know, you, you, you're really got to say, look, this is inappropriate behavior and you need to escalate these problems. And I agree it's a problem, Roberto. You're right. This is a problem. But you've got to start communicating it more calmly. You can't be this loud in the office. You know, so same kind of rant. It might be about the exact same problem, but one person has never ranted or had a tantrum in five years one person does it every couple of months, my techniques are going to be, you know, significantly different in, in how I invest my own time as a leader or as a peer even in diffusing it. Because if this person is somebody who just does this constantly and is a peer, I'm, I'm not going to invest as much time in diffusing it. I'm going to be much more abrupt, much more upfront with, Roberto, this is not acceptable communication. You're, you're getting too loud about this topic again. I agree with you, it's important, but I am not gonna talk to you about it until you can do it in a, a quieter tone of voice here in the office. Why? Because you do it every three months. So when you're ready to talk about it, let's talk about it. I wanna work through this with you, but I am not gonna tolerate you yelling at me. Totally different technique than somebody who's never ranted ever before in their life. <laughs> Yes, uh, a couple of things. The first one is we spend uh, a lot of time at the office. So either if we have a, a colleague, a peer, which has been, I don't know, maybe a couple of months versus a guy which has been five or 10 years, we spend a lot of time with them, even though we have to spend more time than we spend with, with our partners, uh, with your wife, uh, etc. So we spend a lot, a lot of time, and uh, and for that you begin knowing uh, the character's person and how well to behave in certain situations or not. But one thing it is uh, when and you mentioned uh, as an example, if a specific person uh, runs out 
about every couple of months. This is like uh, a children's story. I don't recall the name in, in English, but in Spanish is Pedro Yellow or Pedro and the Wolf. And Pedro, what it did was to tell that there, there is the wolf coming and all the villagers uh, begin staring. Ah, ha, ha, it was a joke. And every time he did it until the wolf came and there were problems. It happens the same with the, the, with the person who runs out, who does the tantrum every couple of months. You know, they begin, okay, man, it, it is the same. And when happens the problem, you you won't uh, find it a truth. You will say, oh man, this this guy, it is doing the same. So uh, acknowledging, uh, this is a, a two, um, two way project from yourselves and the, pip, uh, the person who is done doing the trouble. If that person is doing often, something has to be done by this person because when it really happens, and it has more weight of the tantrum. Maybe no, uh, there is no, there is not going to be a solution, no. right? Or there won't be an appropriate response because they've yeah. cried wolf so many times that you just you don't get excited about their tantrum, even though it may be the biggest problem your company's ever faced. But because they've made every problem seem like a mountain, then then you won't pay it enough attention. And and I think sometimes. You know, if we've rewarded that kind of tantrum behavior, meaning, and sometimes rewarding that tantrum behavior could just mean that you spent more time with that person than other peers or other direct reports or other bosses, you're rewarding that tantrum in a way because you're, you're reacting to it and you're investing more of your time in it. So you've got to be careful about kind of rewarding the person who's having the tantrum because if the team sees that, and again, this doesn't matter whether it's peer, boss, direct report, doesn't matter on the relationship, but if, if people see that having the tantrum gets the most attention, whoever has the tantrum gets the most uh, resources to solve their problem, then everyone's going to have a tantrum over every problem. Why? Because they watched what happened with Mr. Tantrum, you know, so... Don't, you know, you've got to keep in mind, sometimes it isn't just that you're trying to solve the problem and situation with the person that's having the tantrum. You've got to make sure you don't cause damage with those around you in the office space. Because in general, culturally, maybe makes a difference, but in, in, in your office culture, yelling and screaming, probably not, you know, appropriate. Maybe there are some companies where, you know, I don't know if you're if you're working in a factory and it's really loud, you always got to yell at each other. Hey, you can't hear over the machinery. So maybe a tantrum. It's hard to tell when someone's having a tantrum versus not. But I lived in a and worked in a very quiet office environment. So if somebody was raising their voice, it was very disruptive. It's disruptive to the team, um, and you don't want to be seen. Well, gosh, every time Bill raises his voice and has a tantrum. The boss helps solve all his problems and he gets more resources. Oh, I better start having tantrums about all my problems then. You'll have a whole team of, you know, having tantrums. <laughs> uh, um, what a, I have a question. 
What about if uh, a Mr. Tantrum or a Mrs. Tantrum is your boss? What do you do? It is tough, and I've I've had that. I've had bosses that like to, I think, like to use a tantrum or a fight to see how passionate I was about a topic. Um, sometimes I would begin to escalate myself, volume, you know, uh, et cetera. You have to learn over time that every time you increase your volume, they're just going to raise their volume that much more. And in a boss situation where it's your boss above you and they they control your pay raise your performance review your future job prospects obviously you've got to be very very careful about how you defend yourself and argue back uh, sometimes the best situation you know in those kinds of situations is to just continue to use the same diffusing techniques well, why do you feel that? I'm mean, you're my boss, you know, Roberto. Why why do you feel so strongly about that? Why why do you want me to do that so urgently? I don't understand. Don't blame Roberto for anything. Say I still don't understand, Roberto. Why is that such a big problem? Help me understand. And as hopefully as they explain it to you, they will calm down because you're you're being kind of uh, defenseless in that. I don't fully understand. I, I I I see the problem, but I don't understand why it's a large problem. And if you can get them to talk about it, you know, you can hopefully diffuse uh, some of that passion behind it, some of the volume, the yelling. Because I I just I really have a hard time when people start yelling at me, regardless of whether it's peers or my wife or anything. You know, I just I it, I'm I'm I don't like that kind of confrontation type situation. So I always try to diffuse. I don't understand why. What? Why is this so serious? I don't understand. And that yeah. way you're you're taking it on yourself. You're not blaming them. You're not explaining it to me, right, Roberto? I don't. You know, no, no, no. It's hey, I don't understand. Could you give me more reasons why this is so important? Then it's you're taking it on yourself, and the person who's having the tantrum doesn't feel attacked because maybe what's causing the tantrum is they're kind of having a bit of panic because others are attacking them over this problem that they haven't solved yet. Right. So they're getting attacked that you don't know about peers or others saying, Roberto, you didn't get this done. And, and you're having a, a panic about it. And so now you're expressing that stress on me, your direct report. And I, I don't get it. I don't see that your boss's boss has been down to your office every hour about this problem. I didn't know that. You no, know? and so. Yes, or maybe they're they're feeling threat threatened, maybe by a certain situation that you don't know about, and they do. They have been thinking about it, and when you bring up uh, uh, the scenario situation. Or the idea they snap like this. So um, you know, like like you, I don't I don't like being jailed. I, I really don't. And I used to have a boss many years ago who, which liked the sound of his voice because he was streaming most of the time and doing tantrums. And even though I remember. Uh, he was writing something on the board sometime, and I was at the, back, uh, at the end of the meeting room, and suddenly uh, the um, it is not the pain. Uh, well, whatever he was writing, 
he threw it back to me and it's, it was really close to my face like this and say, hey man, what's going on? Why you did that? No, because you began talking and everything. And I said, no, I didn't talk. It was this guy. But he got directed his anger towards me, which I, I wasn't. So uh, I think when the, there is, there might be a um, an abuse of the power of your boss towards you. I mean, I think that is the place I don't want to be. So if people who are listening to this has have has this kind of situations, polish your resume and begin working somewhere else. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you you know, we're not psychologists. You and I are yeah. not, and and we don't expect leaders, uh, humane leaders, whether they're peers or direct reports or the actual leader, to be psychologists. We have to have emotional intelligence, and we need to work on our intent, our bleh, our emotional intelligence to make sure that we understand how others are feeling. But you're spot on. Ultimately. If this is kind of a reoccurring problem, whether it's your boss, a peer, or your direct reports, there has to be this decision at some point to say, if this is happening a lot and my techniques aren't working and I've done some research and tried different techniques, some of the ones that we've discussed, and they flat out don't work, now you got to start making decisions. Is it, do you cut, if it's a peer, do you just cut ties with them? You avoid them? as much as possible. If it's one of your direct reports, do you have to start them on an action plan to change their behavior or you're gonna fire them or locate them to a different team? Or if it's your boss, is it time to polish the resume and look for another opportunity? It's, it's, it's challenging to make that decision. You know, I think in general, humane leaders uh, give people more than three strikes, right? We wanna pitch and try for a long time to help people be better. That's what a humane leader does. But at some point you're gonna reach your personal threshold of I'm not gonna put up with this any longer. You've done all the things we've talked about. You've tried things we haven't even talked about. And at some point you say enough is enough. And you've crossed the line to take a different course of action. And, and again, depending on who the relationship is with, um, for me in the boss that was yelling at me the most, um, and it was actually two levels up, so it was not my director boss, it was the boss above the boss yelling at me, I, I went to a different part of the company. I immediately polished up my resume, stayed in the company, but immediately polished up my resume and started clicking apply on the old job webpage for our company and said, look, I can't solve this. So, the only solution that was within my power was to polish my resume and start looking for something else. And I'll tell you what, the first job that I clicked on, I felt so much stress relief because I was now taking action. The problem, which I had been trying to solve, which I had tried lots of techniques on, wasn't working. I was getting more frustrated myself and stressed. But I'll tell you what, once I put myself back in the driver's seat of making the decisions, I have decided I am not staying in this situation. I am going to find a different role. Holy cow, I clicked. I, I literally felt like I immediately had cool air blowing on me. I clicked the submit. I didn't get that first job, but 
just taking that those first steps of putting control back in my hands, I'm taking care of the situation, I'm going to drive what happens. I, I felt a thousand times better. It was I, I know it was psychological to click and do that first apply, and it I, I can't remember how many other roles I applied for before I finally moved on. Um, but just you know, getting motivated to say I've had enough, I've reached my limit, I'm going to start applying. It, it really empowered me to feel so much better about the situation. And at that point, then I just when the rant would come. And this boss would bypass my boss to, to, to rant at me or my boss would have to tell me the boss ranted about me. I just like, well, that's unfortunate. And I move on because I wasn't going to change it. Nothing was going to change it. So. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. And you did that because you have high emotional intelligence. You acknowledge your emotions. You understood that the term wasn't made by you, it was made by other other person. And you understood how to differentiate those emotions from that uh, guilt, maybe. Uh, he he was trying to make you uh, maybe uh, uh, guilt or something. But when you have a high uh, emotional intelligence, you could act more calmly and wisely as well. So when you chose to remain with the company within the company in another position in another department it was it was the best so i think people who are highly emotional intelligent speaking could act more wisely and don't let other people emotion affect you so when it happens uh it could be much better for you so I, I know that uh, emotional intelligence is like um, it's like a muscle. It, when you acknowledge more of your emotions and don't act harshly about it, it is something that your emotional intelligence is going to grow and get uh, stronger. Yep, absolutely. Well, what was your worst kind of tantrum situation that you've ever experienced? Um, the worst would be when a former boss uh, began cursing about of me, saying bad words to me in the middle room with, I don't know, maybe 10 or 12 peers. And in he front, was in front of me, people. In front, in front of, people. of people, and he was telling me the a-hole uh, cursed to me in front of all those people. And wow. he was doing a tantrum, you don't know how bad. And what I did was to tell him, Manuel, don't tell me this, don't tell me like this. I'm talking to you with respect. Please treat me with respect. No, Roberto, because you're right. And all that. Uh, all that bad words, and he told me and what I did was okay. When I uh, this meeting ended, I went directly to HR. I exposed this, and uh, it didn't happen anything because he was the sales uh, director, the the stars director, and HR told me, oh, he's the guy who's selling uh, all this stuff and bringing the revenue to the company. I, and I knew back then, okay, this is the place that I, I don't want to be here. And I move on. 
And that, and that, that was a, the worst. What about you? Yeah, it, it very, very similar. You know, I mean, the, the situation that I was describing um, wasn't quite as um, dramatic as that. But the, the most embarrassing or the one where I really said, OK, I'm moving on. I'm on a conference call. This is pre-pandemic, but on a conference call. And it's a it's a weekly meeting. So we're all on this meeting. The whole team is on it. And I'm a uh, I'm on it not as a direct report to this CIO, but as a supporting because we were an auxiliary service department to his department. And I had great reviews from the prior CIO that was in that role for years. And that CIO had left. New CIO came in. And all of his direct reports I had worked with three to four years prior already. So very good reputation. All the feedback in my performance reviews from them was great. They depended on me a lot because I'd been with the company so long I could help them even in areas that were not my responsibility. Some of the feedback was, you know, Chris is the guy to go to. When you don't know where to go, go to Chris. He may not be able to solve it, but he knows where to go to get it solved. Well, in the first like eight weeks, this guy on the conference call, new CIO, starts saying how worthless I am I don't do anything for him and he's just I'm just a worthless of you know what and one of his direct reports that's on the conference call he says um I won't mention the this guy's name because he's still at the company he's like Chris is still on the call with us he's like oh I was just joking no way no way I never joined the call again after that and and got a different role. I'm like done. I'm not I'm not helping this guy do anything. I still help their all all the people that reported to him as much as I could, but I'm like I'm I don't take that from nobody. Done. Oh my god. So there are people that can be successful and he actually got promoted subsequent to that over time. But I mean, that just shows you life ain't fair. Life is never fair. But I can tell you that it's really up to you. I didn't say anything. I didn't swear back at him at the call. I said, thank you for the feedback. I'll keep that in mind. A little snarky, but, you know, I'm like, done. You get one strike like that for me when you're in that senior of a, of a leadership role. And uh, I never helped the guy on anything ever again. Nice. Great. Great that you act like that. And uh, well, people, there are, there are, there were people who has done triumphs, and there will be people who will do it uh, more. But if we add uh, emotional and intelligence speaking, uh, good, and uh, we have our strengths, and we know what to do and what, um, what not to um, not let other people talk bad to us and we recognize ourselves there is somewhere else we we can talk well, that's right uh, okay so with this we to do the wrap up great man um okay uh thanks for joining us on another episode of how to be a humane leader without losing your job we hope our insights help you become a smarter, more strategic leader. Apply today's lessons to see the positive impact on your team and career. Catch all our episodes on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Anchor, and YouTube. Join us next week as we discuss something trendy in the leadership world. Until then, stay humane and stay successful. Bye-bye, Chris.
See you later, Roberto.